You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, $10, or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. Hooray! Delicious Volume 1, Life Tastes Good, is finally at Amazon United States. What is delicious, you ask? Imagine a land where all your favorite foods live as human girls. Here in charming a la carte, under the floating city of heavenly delight, we meet Ramen, a young cook trying to run a restaurant with her family of pastas as they end up in all sorts of wacky adventures and hijinks as these strong, eccentric characters pursue their dreams and passions. Delicious is a beautifully drawn comedy series, which is now finally available to buy in the United States. Click on the banner on one of us, order today, and join in the fun now, because Delicious Volume 2, Yum Yum Yum, is coming really soon. A perfect gift for your child, or those of you who are forever young at heart. One of us strongly recommends this one. You know, it only took, I don't know, when did History of the World come out? The first one? 81? 81. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it only took like 40-something years to finally get Hitler on ice. <laughs> and Jews in space. And Jews in finally. space. Finally. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Screener Squad. I'm with Jordan. Why, hello there. Mindy's also here with us. Is this something we needed? It's all right. Let me let me back up. I love <laughs> Mel Brooks. I love Mel Brooks. I didn't hate it. It just didn't seem necessary, and it also didn't seem necessary to be eight episodes long. But I I like how it kept the sketch comedy aspect of what the first movie was, and, yeah. and that's kind of like Mel Brooks's kind of style to begin with. He's very sketch driven, and I feel like History of the World. Both the original movie and this, like it's basically it's a sketch comedy show, um, more so than any of his other movies that he's done. I will say that it took me a minute to get into the format of this one because, like, I watched History of the World a lot when I was a kid. But one of the things that I noticed in History of the World in comparison to this one, one versus two, is that History of the World Part One very much had a history timeline. Like, it started out cavemen, then it went to Moses, then it went to the ancient Romans, then it went to the Spanish Inquisition, then it went to the French Revolution. All of those are sequential, so it feels like it is a history of. This one, yes, it is sketch comedy, but it jumped all over the place. And it took me a while to get used to that, and I'm not sure if I like the fact that it didn't, it wasn't a history. It was a sketch show that was based on historical events. So I'm not sure how I felt about it. It felt reminiscent to Comedy Central's Drunk History. Yeah. Minus the drunk part. And actually, if you looked in it too, sorry to interrupt you, Jordan, there were a lot of people that 
acted in drunk history that were in this movie as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There were. I mean, uh, the core free people throughout this are also the main are also some of the main writers, which are Wanda Sykes, Nick Kroll and Ike Barinholtz. Yeah, and, and Wanda Sykes is also an executive producer as well. And, you know, you mentioned whether or not we needed this. I have a sneaking suspicion that Wanda Sykes, and again, this is based entirely on just my opinion based on what it feels like to me and no fact whatsoever, um, is that she went to Mel Brooks going, hey, can we do the show? And he's like, eh, sure, why not? I, you know, I've done lots of things. I haven't done a TV show. Ah, sure. And she's like, great. I want to focus on Shirley Chisholm and then the rest can just be whatever. And it's like, sure, why not? <laughs> and I think that's, I just get the the feeling that it was, she was pushing it simply to, to, to mainly tell people and teach people a little bit about her Shirley Chisholm. I will admit I was hesitant if I even wanted a history of the world part two, because the because one of the funniest things about part one is that it didn't need a part two. But having rewatched part one, which, God, there is a scene with the Roman Senate that is still sadly prescient today. Oh, yeah. I will say it took a couple episodes before I it really started to click with me. Like the third episode yes. was where it was like, OK, that's great because it opens with the best dick joke I've seen since <laughs> the season one finale of Silicon Valley. Because that was the thing. It's like there were some things in here that felt like it was just Mel Brooks doing his thing, which, hey, all the power to him. If he finds it funny, he has nothing to prove to anybody. Um, and I felt that there were things in here that's like, I don't care if you don't like it. I think it's funny. But like when it got to the bits where it was more closely parody and it it started to really click to me it's like this is a historical event that we are parodying in this directly and yeah. the jackass ones were directly it's like it's directly making fun of the myth that rasputin could not be killed and that dick one was the there is it's not real it's i believe a a cow dick or a horse dick that is in a museum that everybody thinks is Rasputin's and that it's, it's crazy big because it's an animal. Um. And it's great because it, uh, it is played by uh, Johnny Knoxville who plays Rasputin and they actually have the rest of the jackass crew with him doing these. And that itself span off of him playing Rasputin in a series of sketches that link with, uh, Anastasia being an online influencer, basically, which I which I actually did crack up at. I loved um, Typhoid Mary doing a cooking show on YouTube on a on a Twitch. Well, it's itch that one. Yeah, like I said, when it's more blatant parody, it it really was a lot easier to get into. Like the uh, like, there's a couple things they do with the story of Judas. And I think the first where it's like the Beatles last recording and a straight up Curb Your Enthusiasm parody. Now, I like the Beatles stuff, but I think the Curb Your Enthusiasm parody is so much fucking funnier because it actually because it does really involve J.B. Smooth. 
so it, much. Well, it's got JB Smooth. It's shot like they they commit to the bit, right? Like any good parody yeah. will not only have uh uh the the dialogue, but it'll have the camera movements and the the musical cues, and it, it parodies uh Curb Your Enthusiasm, which has a look has a feel and like the way larry david always kind of like reacts to camera it's all there that was something that i found actually interesting looking at it from just sort of an intellectual analytical perspective is that this one you know mel brooks's stuff always is from a jewish perspective he is very prominently put his judaism in the work that he does this one focuses a lot on christianity from a Jewish perspective, there is a ton of stuff about Jesus and about Jesus's story. And one of my favorite bits was at the end where it's the council of Nicaea where they're pitching. So we have all this stuff about Jesus. What is the next big thing we want to show? And they're like, well, we want him to be white and like us. And so you have JC resurrection, which was brilliant in regards to the, it's 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 Republican Jesus essentially. I love this commentary, and I love how you do this because Jesus has been played by a black guy the entire time, and is much more down to earth. And now it's like now we want Chris Helmsworth with his long flowing hair and Mary Magdalene. We're giving her a job. It's progressive. Oh, she's a prostitute. Um, because but that's progressive, right? She has a job. This is such an interesting, well, not interesting, it's a spot-on critique of the way that the religious right portrays Jesus versus the one that has been portrayed in regards to, like, more closely to scripture, albeit those were parody as well, which I found it really interesting that Mel Brooks put that in there and put so much commentary on Christianity in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, most likely my younger brother won't like it, but I enjoyed the <laughs> hell out of it. And, like, Zay Z Beats uh, was a great delight mm-hmm. to see play Mary Magdalene in both that romantic comedy parody of how she met The Notebook, Jesus. essentially. Yeah, a much better, an actual good version of The Notebook. Come at me, bitches. I don't care. <laughs> and uh, in the, uh, the the Last Supper sessions, as it were. Yeah. I will say she was Yoko Ono and I loved how she was like in the recording. She's like, like Yoko Ono does. I was like, yes, I enjoyed all this. And at the top, I was like, did we really need this? I'm like, yeah, of course we need this because it's Mel Brooks. And, you know, he's not going to be around for that much longer. I'm going to be very sad when he leaves this world. What are you talking about? He looked great. He was fucking buff and chisel (laughs) and had like the the greatest flowing flowing hair. hair. I'm pretty sure he could bench press me. I would let him. Uh, he made young fr- he made blazing cells. He can bench press me all at once. He made space balls. Yeah. I guess that's what we need next is uh space balls to search for more money. It would be hard if this was made as a movie and released nowadays. It's just not a thing anymore. So it migrating to a television format makes the most sense. You know, Mel came from television in general. And again, the format, it's what he knows. One thing I want to point out, too, is that you cannot have a Mel Brooks work without the character songs and dance numbers. And this does not disappoint. I will have to say, Fuck the North is a baller. That one 
slaps. And okay, I as, loved yeah. it hard. <laughs> as much as I would be much safer in the Northern States right now, I have to admit that 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 song actually did fucking slap. Uh, Jack Black giving a Disney princess vibe to Joseph Stalin with his numbers was goddamn hysterical. And then there was the Russian Jews doing their little song. I wish that there had been more choreography. I will say that um, in history of the world, the choreography for the Inquisition was very expansive and it had the synchronized swimmer nuns. And um, it in this one, there were dance numbers, but they were much more subdued. And I don't know whether that's just because it's a TV show with a smaller budget um, you had a little bit of that in the Shirley Chisholm one, but it wasn't expansive. It would have been nice, especially because, you know, he's got his Broadway stuff under his belt. So he knows like song and dance and how it works and having the big theatrical numbers. But, you know, that said, the songs were pretty solid all the way through, especially Fuck the North. <laughs> you know, like we all said, I think we all took a little bit to get into the show um when it first started the first jokes i was like oh no these are just cheap jokes and yes he has an old school sense of humor and it's just gonna be meh. but like i said once it sort of got its footing like an episode or two in and it started feeling more like these are parodies direct parodies i really started to get into it not so sure i like the format wish it had been more linear like the movie was, but you know, after a while, like I said, got more footing, it grew on me. I also wish there'd been a bit more variety in regards to the types of history, because other than the Kublai Khan stuff, the major and a couple little bits here and there, majority of it was Western. Yes, the Kublai Khan, the real um, Columbines of Kublai Khan. I loved that so hard. But yeah, I do wish because you have a longer format, um, it would have been nice to have much more history of the world that they parodies that as opposed to just stuff that was m more geared toward Western audiences. But all in all, it is a fun romp, especially if you know the storylines behind it. You know, highlights for me were the Rasputin stuff, jackass stuff, um, the the Typhoid Mary cooking show. And I do respect Wanda Sykes for I, I do feel like her bit of I want to tell people about Shirley Chisholm was very intentional. And so the fact that she made a point to have this very expansive Jefferson's type TV show talking about Shirley, because I did not know who she was. And so all these other people were like very historically um, solid, but she was somebody I didn't know. And I think that was deliberately I want to teach people. And that is one thing about this. It's like, I really liked it when it felt like these, this is something that you can bring to your middle school history class and show it in supplement to your classes. I liked that aspect of it. It actually reminded me of my history. But yeah, but all in all, Mel Brooks is a national treasure. He doesn't have to prove a damn thing to anybody. He was like, yeah, I did a lot of movies and now I'm going to do a play. Oh, look, my play got the most Tonys of anybody that has ever done Broadway. That's fun. Now I'm going to do a TV show. That's fun. And I got to respect the man for that. Um, 
And so you keep doing you, Mel, because of the, you know, that effect that it took a little while to get into. I am going to give this seven and a half out of ten mud pies made by a, a poor Russian. I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up two brilliant pieces of casting. Timothy Simmons, who played Jonah on Veep as Abraham Lincoln. Purely because, yes, he is so freakishly tall. And I just love a little bit of little physical humor. And also one of the things that honestly made me laugh was the Sigmund was the masterclass commercial for Sigmund Freud's classes. Played Taika by Waititi. Taika Waititi. Yes. With all the Freudian slips or Freudian fluffs, as it were. Uh, it j- yeah, uh, I will say, yeah, th- uh, uh, it doesn't really find its groove until episode three. There are some good stuff. There is some good stuff in the first two episodes. And there's some great stuff recurring throughout. Some stuff you get a one-off. Some wonderful numbers. It doesn't quite have the same spirit. Or, I, I guess, it's honestly a little scattershot with how... You know, some stuff is spread out, but there's some great performances, some um, awesome concepts and some really damn good parodies that are done. Again, the doing Rasputin jackass style. I just thought I was like, God, that is just the, the most brilliant thing I saw throughout. And I really do hope to see more of Juice in space. I mean, that looked pretty cool. Maybe get Terry Metalis, who's doing kick ass work on Picard to head that up. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and give this seven and a half out of ten flasks that I've had to stash from Ulysses S. Grant. I'm his accountability buddy in AA. Listen, Grant only drank heavy when, like, he wasn't given something to do. Or or when, you know, he was going toe-to-toe with General Lee. And nothing was happening. He was just Fun a bored drunk. He lost the White House China in a poker game. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He 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 lost all his money uh almost right before he died. And then he wrote his memoirs and then like basically made it all back. So <laughs> dude's very, very conflicted. I, I like history in general. I, I know the last podcast we did was uh War of the Roses, and I wasn't really uh, too knowledgeable of that. But as far as, like, I guess you put it correctly, Western history and a lot of American history, I'm, I'm very fond of. And I'm also just a fan of, like, learning new things in a fun way. So, yeah, some of these instances did give me a new historical perspective and kind of like why I like drunk history so much. And, and it's not like that because this is obviously... Uh, uh, more scripted and curated, whereas drunk history relies on your narrator being inebriated and you just ask them questions. It's an interview more than a uh, uh, a scripted show. But anyways, I like this. I, I like taking chances like this. I don't think it was perfect, but I think there were more hits than errors. And seven out of ten pugs that God definitely didn't request. Well, on the upside, I am trying this new skincare brand recommended to me by Anastasia. Hopefully, it helps with my skin post-laser hair removal. 
Not so sure about the cow shit in it, but I don't know. I, I mean, she's the, she, she's the influencer here. I, I think if anything can be said right before we leave, like, this is one of those everybody is in this at some point. Yes. Like, everybody. Uh, even uh, they got, uh, what's her name that was actually in the Jeffersons, uh, Marla Gibbs, to be Chisholm's mom in the Jeffersons parody. <laughs> and like she was an oh, original yes. actress from the show. So there, there's so many small things. If you miss um, second rewatch might help you pick it out. Well, but. this show did also sadly confirm Henry Kissinger has been around since the fucking dawn of time. <laughs> sadly. Trolls Kissinger was the best. Uh, fuck Henry Kissinger. I can't wait till he dies. Anyways. Everybody have a good night.